the facts about food waste are shocking. Over a third of all our food produced globally goes to waste. All the world's nearly one billion hungry people could be fed on less than a quarter of the food that's wasted in just the US, UK and Europe. An area larger than China is used to grow food that is never eaten. And if food waste were a country, it would be the third largest emitter of greenhouse gases after China and the USA. Sobering facts, eh? Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. The facts about food waste are shocking. Over a third of all our food produced globally goes to waste. All the world's nearly one billion hungry people could be fed on less than a quarter of the food that's wasted in just the US, UK and Europe. An area larger than China is used to grow food that is never eaten. And if food waste were a country, it would be the third largest emitter of greenhouse gases after China and the USA. Sobering facts, eh? Now, in St Albans, we're lucky enough to have the Sockwell Community Trust, who have a team of fantastic volunteers coordinated by the amazing Rehana Ahmed. They collect surplus food, pack it into boxes and deliver it to the doorsteps of those that need it, keeping waste food out of landfill and providing a service to the vulnerable. Now, they've continued to do so week in, week out, right throughout the pandemic, and they get a well-deserved Environment Matters round of applause for all they do. Down in Watford, they have taken things a step further in the form of the Random Cafe. Now, the Random Cafe's mission is a simple one to feed bellies, not bins. But you won't find it in one particular place and it's got no particular menu. At the minute, its activities have been restricted by COVID to distributing waste food, but soon it will be back in action again with plans to be even better than before, with a permanent home, a garden to grow the kind of food that they don't usually receive, and a space to run courses on cooking on a budget. I spoke to Jane, the mastermind behind the Random Cafe, and I started by asking where, in ordinary times, I might track it down. It used to be, when we first started, it was at four different community centres. At the moment, our pop-up shop is at Leavesden Green Community Hub and our full-time site we're now developing is on Garstmouth Way at the Meriden in Watford. Right, so you're, you're all over the place. Give us the basics of how the Random Cafe works. Where does the food come from and what do you do with it? The food comes from a variety of places. We get food from supermarkets we get food from the food bank when it's gone over its best before date we've had individual companies just ring us up and go we've got this excess what can we do with it and we'll we'll take that when we're running our cafe we make food with that we make meals with that all available as pay as you feel we make curries soups cakes and you know it runs like a normal little cafe Um, At the moment, we've got our pop-up shop, so anything that we don't use goes there. People can do shopping, and it's pay-as-you-feel. And the reason why you do pay-as-you-feel for the cafe, is that because you're not sure how much your food is worth, or is that because you're trying to help people who perhaps can't afford to pay so much? It's actually um, an agreement with the supermarkets 
that we don't actually have a specific we don't we don't ask for money for the food um so all we do is we ask people to help keep us going so the donation is to run our van which we've got a little electric van for heating lighting you know rents on the the hubs that we use Yes, so you need money for all of those things yeah. and you're effectively just asking for donations for that. I see. I see. The knock-on effect of that, though, the really sort of good side effect of that is it means it's accessible to anybody. So if people are on a really tight budget, they can come along and get a bag of food and feed their family and put in a small amount. And if people really just like the whole environmental impact of it, they can come along get a bag of potatoes and put 20 pounds in it's you know it's it really is accessible to everybody do you find that you get people who are short of money coming to your cafe yes we do and we have we have had conversations with them because as we get to know them they open up a little bit more and they'll just sort of say you know they're, they're struggling or anything else and or you know what a lifeline it's been for them because they can come along they can literally just put a pound in the bucket but go away with a you know a bag of food that they wouldn't normally be able to afford and during lockdown when people were still sort of really stuck in we were doing food boxes for people and we had a um a family spoke you know sort of say they were really struggling and we said well look have have some more so we gave them like a great big box of food and stuff as well because yes we need the money to keep going but we don't want to see people struggle either that's why the bucket's good because it's then between them and the bucket if they put five pound in they put 10p in it's between them and the bucket it sounds like you started out with the idea of saving food waste from landfill but actually the social equality aspect of it seems to be something that is equally important now yeah well, our, our priority still is the environmental. We will always keep saving the food and now we're growing it, which sort of fills in the gap. But it has been a good side effect. It also helps people as well. Where did the idea for the Random Cafe come from? Was it, was it your idea? It was, there was a group of us and I was sort of thinking that I'd like to do my own thing, do my own business. You know, we all sort of get to a point where we're sort of like, oh, I'm fed up with the like nine to five of normal work. And I thought about perhaps one of these like refill shops. And then my friend said, there's a lot of waste food. Why don't you look into that? So off I went, found the Real Junk Food Project. They've got lots of little cafes and stuff around, but a lot of them are up north. Saw what they did, went and visited up there. And it really just started from there. And we, we couldn't get a full-time premises straight away. So we thought, oh, well, we'll just do it on a Saturday at community centres. And it's just grown and grown and grown. I wondered if over the time that you've been doing this, you've seen, seen any reduction in the amount of waste from supermarkets? Not really. Some are. Some are now doing too good to go bags and boxes. And that really does help. It's ridiculous how much gets thrown away. Do you kind of get the same things each time or or do you have that moment where you look at what you've received from supermarkets or other shops on a particular day and think, oh my goodness, what am I going to make from that? Hence the name of our cafe. It's random. (laughs) (laughs) 
that was my daughter actually she, when we were discussing it and she's sort of like oh it's gonna be really random I was like, oh yeah that is that's a good name we always get a lot of bread we always seem to get a lot of bananas everything else is literally random and then we you know have to be quite creative but it's usually something to make so if there's a lot of I don't know a lot of potatoes we can do jacket potatoes there's a lot of sweet potatoes we could do a curry there's do you know what I mean there's always sort of something you know if you've got the store cupboard ingredients this is why when we get up and running properly we want to do cooking on the budget classes because if you've got the store ingredients it's surprising what you can then make whatever you get in you can actually make a meal from it and it doesn't have to be horrendously expensive so you started this up because you were looking for a more exciting, a slightly more different job to do. Do you get paid to do this? Where does the money come from? And how, how about the other help? It must be more people than just you. Um, we have between 20 and 30 volunteers um, on our books, like completely. Um, some have now gone back to work, so we don't see them as often. We have a really wide range of skills. We have people that come and do the gardening. We've got a graphic designer who does all our posters. We have people that are doing woodwork. We have um, social social media help. Of uh, One of our volunteers will write a newsletter, write blogs, some that are bakers. We've, it's a really, really wide range of skills that we've got. And, you know, I'm so grateful for my team. I do get a wage because I'm the one who has to be here every day and I couldn't do it if I wasn't getting a wage I'm not yeah. retired I haven't got you know an inheritance <laughs> of course and where does the money come from we mainly when we're up and running properly we sh- we're pretty much self-sufficient but to keep us going through lockdown we have asked for several grants our local mayor does a small grant fund and we've had other sort of COVID-related funding grants because we haven't been able to do our usual thing because we do do events, we do fundraising events, and we haven't been able to do that. You mentioned your events there. So you don't just, um, as I say, in normal circumstances, you don't normally just make food for, for a little cafe in a community centre. You also do catering for things like weddings. Is this all with the waste food as well and your team of volunteers? Yeah, we've, we've had several buffets and um, we did a wedding and we use as much of the waste food as we can. Obviously, there may be that we don't collect enough in that week. So we just have to fill the gaps with the you know, few bits. But 80% of the food supplied is waste food. So for the wedding, the people who come to you, why did they come to you, do you think? Did they just like the idea or were they, you know, did they kind of want to do something a bit more environmental? It was a bit of both. They liked the idea and they wanted to do something a little bit more sustainable and more environmentally friendly. And, you know, it it sort of ticks both boxes. You know, there is a lot of people now that are wanting to do more environmental, um, you know, climate change, etc. And saving waste food is a, is a biggie so it's it certainly is do you have any statistics about how much food you have saved from landfill over the time that you've been uh, operating well first of august we will have been running for four years and so far we have raised we have saved 67 tons of food wow 
That's that's quite amazing. I can see a big smile on your face there. That's obviously something that you are really proud of. It yeah. is. It's huge. So, so, so I've I've got to ask you. You seem to be really pleased with what the Random Cafe is achieving. The fact that it's going on to such ambitious things as well. You don't regret this as your, um, you know, the way your career has turned, do you? you? I do absolutely love what I do. There's been times where I've just gone. I don't know if I can cope with this anymore. When we was taking all the food into my house and weighing it and sorting it on my dining table. And there'll be like 30 green supermarket trays in my dining room. And at 10 o'clock at night, you're still sorting through <laughs> this food. There were there were times when it was too much. But now we've got an amazing site. We've got a shop coming up to here as well. I've got an office. We've got space. It's lovely. And how about your volunteers? What do they find they get out of their involvement in the Random Cafe? different things it is a variety of things it is that well-being and goodwill sort of bit that's in in a lot of us um just being able to do something that you know benefits so many people and that so many people enjoy and how about if somebody thought oh my goodness this is such a brilliant idea we could do something like this how do you get started well, we have actually had other groups come over to see what we do and that they've, you know, done the same thing. It's having the idea to start with and really it's approaching local supermarkets and local community centres to find the space because you don't have to do it full time. You could just do it one day a week, collect food from local supermarkets and do a little cafe. Wow, I suppose, yes, starting like that, start small and grow, just just like yeah, you have. Like what we have. Jane, it sounds absolutely fantastic. Do you know, I do hope that your, that your cafe is up and running again really, really soon so that uh, the residents of Watford can enjoy all your, all your lovely food. Um, I think it sounds like a fantastic project and I hope it inspires lots more in the future. Thank you so much for telling us Thank all you. about that. I was talking there to Jane from the Random Cafe and I think you'll agree that Jane is an absolute inspiration and she's showing us once again that what's good for the planet is so often good for people too. Do let me know what you think or if you've been inspired to do something similar. You can get in touch via Twitter at RV underscore environment or via the Environment Matters Facebook page or do drop me a line on amanda at radioverulam.com. Now, someone who got in touch recently was G. Smedley of the campaign group Clash, who are opposing development on Greenbelt land behind the houses on Harpenden Road in St Albans. And you might recall that I spoke to G. back in March. You can find the podcast of that show on the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com. Now, she wanted to thank everyone who had objected to the plans of Hunston Properties and DLA Town Planning for 150 houses on the site. However, for technical reasons, the plans have been resubmitted and if, like Clash, you oppose the plans, you'll need to object again. Now, Clash say that the developers have not addressed the transport and traffic concerns or poor air quality issues, nor have they properly represented the ecology of the site, which is currently covered in wildflowers and is a wetland habitat in the winter. They think that instead there could be an improved housing plan which allows for ecological corridors with the surrounding sites of Hartwood Forest, Beach Bottom Dyke and Childrickbury, so giving a net gain of wildlife and habitat. 
Now, you can comment on the application by emailing planningcomments at stolbans.gov.uk, quoting the reference 5 stroke 2021 stroke 0423. And I'll make sure I put that onto the notes that go with the podcast of this show. And if you use that reference, you'll find all the documentation on the planning pages of the St Albans District Council website. Clash asks that you also write to your local councillor to make them aware of your comments on the proposals. And the Clash team sent a massive thank you to you for all your support. And finally, you might have noticed that the council has left some areas of verge uncut this year in an effort to encourage wildlife. I noticed a beautiful area of clover, which is great for bees, and teasels, which goldfinches love, popping up in the uncut area between King Harry Lane and Waitrose. I also noticed that an aggrieved resident had taken matters into their own hands and mown the verge outside their house themselves. Some residents have supported the scheme, popping blue heart-shaped rewilding signs into their verge to show their support. But what do you think? It would be good to hear your comments for or against. As always, you can get in touch via Twitter at RV underscore environment, via the Environment Matters Facebook page or drop me a line on amanda at radioverilon.com. I'll be back at the same time next week. Until then, thanks for listening.